Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Dan Feldman here. Welcome to Locked On Pistons. You can follow Locked On Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA draft. We don't know what pick the Pistons will have, but we can narrow it down to a few selections. The Pistons will pick 1, 2, 3, 12, 13, or 14. So just a little background. I'm sure a lot of you know this already, but maybe I can fill in a couple gaps or explain it if you don't know how the lottery works. Every team that doesn't make the playoffs is placed in a weighted lottery. The lower in the standings you finish, the overall league standings, the more lottery combinations you have. 14 ping pong balls are put into a hopper. Four of them come out. Every team is assigned a certain number of four-digit combinations. If your combination gets pulled first, you get the number one pick. If your combination is pulled second, you get the number two pick. If your combination is picked third, you get the number three pick. And then all the remaining teams are slotted in order of record. In case of a tie, which happened between the Knicks and Timberwolves this year, there's a drawing before the lottery to determine which of those teams will pick higher if neither of their combinations are picked. And as far as getting the combinations, the teams split them. That that draw before the lottery also determines if it's an odd number of combinations, which team gets the extra combination. The Timberwolves won that drawing yesterday. Uh, it was an even number of con- combinations. So the only advantage Minnesota gets, if neither the Timberwolves nor Knicks move up in the lottery... Minnesota will pick ahead of New York. But the Pistons have the 12 seed, uh, so here's what that means for their odds. There's a 93.5% chance the Pistons are picking 12th. You can pretty much write in 12th. It's not a lock, but they're probably going to pick 12th. They have a 3.9% chance of picking 13th and a 2.5% chance of picking in the top three. And that breakdown for the top three is 0.7% for the number one pick, 0.8% for the number two pick, and 1% for the number three pick. There's also a non-zero chance they slide all the way down to 14th, uh, but that rounds to 0.0%. It is possible, though, if the 13th and 14th teams in the lottery land in the top three. Odds strongly against that. Most likely, Pistons are picking 12th. Second most likely, they're picking 13th. Third, most likely, even if you pull them all together, the Pistons are picking in the top three. Thirteenth is more likely than any of the top three picks. So we have a sense of where the Pistons will be, and as a result, we can analyze who they might draft a little bit. If they go up into the top three, they'll probably be looking at Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Josh Jackson. Those have, I wouldn't say we're quite to them being locked in, but those look like they're headed toward being the consensus top three. All three, all three are freshmen. Markel Fultz had a real nice year at Washington, even though Washington was pretty bad. And yeah, that does raise a little bit of questions about Fultz, but he's got such a polished all-around game. 
he seems to have no holes in his game. He does everything somewhere between very well and excellent. Uh, maybe like if you're being nitpicky, he could be a better off-ball defender. But he's he's uh, definitely gaining ground as the consensus number one pick. I'm not sure I would take him number one, but that seems to be the popular choice. He's just so polished. Lonzo Ball, also a point guard like Fultz. Ball is a lot taller, even more athletic. Uh, it's a very tantalizing skill set, but he's a little more raw. His shot mechanics are a little weird. Uh, he's very good up tempo, which leads to excitement and uh, and some turnovers. He got carved up by De'Aaron Fox in the NCAA tournament. Uh, De'Aaron Fox from Kentucky. He looked very, really vulnerable defensively against smaller guards. Maybe that exposed him a little bit, uh, but I, I would caution against reading too much into, into one single game. Ball, though, probably has a higher upside. At least that's the general thinking uh, than faults, but just a little more raw. And then the third is Josh Jackson, who's a small forward. Uh, he played at Kansas last year. He he attacks the rim very hard, and he does that in a lot of ways, off the dribble, in transition, uh, using his defense to create quick offense. Uh, he's very quick off the ground, quick moving around the court, uh, just a high-intensity player with a lot of tools to take advantage. You know, sometimes you have guys who play like that. Their ball handling isn't good enough. Uh, their passing instincts aren't good enough to take advantage of the space they can create uh, around the court and vertically. His skills are in line to, to, to keep up with that. As a scorer, sometimes he tries to do a little too much for himself. That's where he gets into trouble. Not the most reliable jump shot. He shot well in three-pointers at Kansas, uh, but I'm not sure if that's reliable given given the worry about his stroke going in, given his free throw percentage, given, given how small the sample it was at Kansas. But if the Pistons move in the top three, they'd be thrilled to grab any of those guys, figure out the rest later. You know, the Pistons, as we've talked about, seem likely to bring back Reggie Jackson, but that's also because they're unlikely to get a prospect like Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball. You can get one of those two. Yeah, it makes you rethink Reggie Jackson. You don't pass on one of them because of Reggie Jackson. You take them and you move Reggie Jackson. You make Reggie Jackson the nominal starter until that guy can overtake him, or you figure it out. If you can get an elite point guard prospect like one of those two, you do it. Uh, Josh Jackson, in a lot of ways, I think he's everything that the Pistons hoped Stanley Johnson would be. The Pistons keep trying to pigeonhole Johnson into being this, this playmaker, and I'm not sure he has that. Jackson does. Jackson can be this, I don't want to say a point forward, but definitely a forward you can run your offense through in a lot of ways, in ways that I'd be uncomfortable doing it for Jackson. You get any one of those three, the Pistons' outlook looks much more favorable, but we've got to come back to reality for just a second. Only a 2.5% chance of getting a top three pick. Now, because of the way the lottery works, because the lottery is only for the top three picks, well, it makes it likely that there are some players the Pistons aren't going to get. Players who are going to go somewhere between 4 and 11, which is a range that the Pistons can't pick in. Yeah, pay attention to them a little bit. Maybe some of them can climb to the top three. Maybe one of them could fall. Uh, but somebody like Duke's Jason Tatum, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk from Kentucky, Jonathan Isaac from Florida State, uh, Dennis Smith from North Carolina State, uh, it seems unlikely that those guys could fall. I guess I guess I could see Jonathan Isaac fall. You know, I'm not sure exactly where his stock is. He definitely has some fans. There are people who really like his game, including myself. But 
I'm not sure where he is. Maybe he's one you could hope could fall. And then there are some other players who look to be on that high end of of where the Pistons could be drafting the high-end prospects. Uh, I'll start with Laurie Markkinen from Arizona. I like him a lot. He's a big forward uh, with just excellent shooting ability. He can shoot off the bounce. He can shoot on catch-and-shoots. He can run the pick-and-roll a little bit himself, which is just super intriguing. He could be like a Ryan Anderson type who thrived in Stan Van Gundy's system. I, I really like him and, and hope there's a way he could fall to the Pistons. Uh, there's French point guard Neely Kana. Uh, that's it. That's his uh, last name, Frank Neely Kana. Uh, he could go a little higher, too. I haven't looked as deeply into him. I'm not sure the Pistons, if they're staying at 12 or 13, will be interested in a point guard in that range because it does come with the Reggie Jackson complications. Uh, but those those are maybe the guys who are, depending on how things go, you could wind up saying between Isaac, uh, Neely Kana, and Markinen that it could, I wouldn't be surprised if it winds up where they're clearly out of the Pistons range, uh, that they're clearly in that four through 11 range where the Pistons can't get them. Uh, but if one of them falls, I, I'd like their talent level. This is where it's a little disappointing. Miles Bridges didn't stay in the draft because that would have been one more player who was in that group of guys who could plausibly be available at 12, have a decent chance of climbing ahead and securing a spot ahead but that you'd be very happy with drafting at 12. That's what the Pistons probably want, as many players in that range as you can, guys who should go higher than 12 um, in a typical draft or this draft. But you get enough of them, there's a good chance one of them will slip to 12. Between all these teams, teams might bite on somebody else. And then after that, uh, we get into some of the flawed prospects. We get into a range where as highly touted as draft is, and it really is, people really like this draft around the league, Get into a range where you get into with some prospects who, uh, I don't know, they're not they're not standouts. There there are some big holes in their game, and at at worst case scenario, the Pistons are going to have to be choosing among them, and that's not where I want to be. I don't want to be choosing among the best of fairly flawed prospects because one, they're fairly flawed, and two, I'd almost rather sit back, have have a trade down if you can, which is so hard to do. I, it's easy to suggest it, so hard to do. But I'd almost rather trade down and pick at the lower end of that range. Even if you might not get your top choice, I'm not sure there's enough separation between them where you wouldn't rather get whatever asset you can get for trading down. But worst case scenario, and maybe even closer to a likely scenario, the Pistons might be choosing from this next crop of prospects. Uh, So either tomorrow or Friday, we'll see which. I want to dig deeper into some of these prospects because these are the truly more like more likely prospects. We we're a little pie in the sky today, but as Hey, the lottery hasn't happened yet. So now's the time to, to dream big. Uh, So we will talk more this week and and coming up uh, as we approach the draft about these more likely prospects for the Pistons. You can follow Locked on Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Thanks for listening. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17